frequency of heaven I want to be. Good morning and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. This is Pastor Caleb Plum. I hope that you are having a good week. This is Thanksgiving week, so hopefully you are finding some things to be thankful for. And um, I am thankful right now because I, I came to the office today and wasn't sure what the Lord would have for me. And uh, just sitting and being still and listening, I really feel like he wants me to do an overview. This is actually for me, I know, and I hope it's for some of you, but an overview on the fire of God, the fire of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray and we're going to get into this and I pray it'll get you fired up for the holiday season. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. We thank you that you come with power. We thank you that you come with might. We thank you that we can read all through the scriptures of how even in Daniel 7, it says that you were sitting on that mountain and there was a river of fire flowing from your throne. God, we see fire come up in all these prophetic situations where there's power and there's prophecy. And Lord, even as I have written these verses down, I don't yet grasp or understand it, but I'm asking for a a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And Lord, I pray that you just take us through these scriptures and get us fired up. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I am gonna do an overview on fire because I feel like, I am still learning about the fire of the Holy Spirit. Um, what, kind of my big takeaway for you today is, you know, God's presence, many, many times where God's presence shows up with power and prophecy in the Bible, there's fire somewhere. <laughs> and I really feel like he wants to put his fire in our hearts, his fiery love. He wants to put the fire on our heads. He wants us to have great boldness to preach the gospel and to be fearless. You'll see almost every one of these stories involves someone being fearless. So let's jump in. I want to read a verse to you. This, this is tons of verses. In fact, I've written this out. If anybody would like a an email, I can email you this whole uh, sheet that I've typed up with just verses. If you do a Google search, Bible verses on fire, you'll probably find a lot of these. But these are ones I've preached and taught on before, but I've never taught it quite like this. This is like a big overview. But it says... It says in Luke 12, 49, I have come to bring fire on the earth. How I wish it were already kindled. Jesus is speaking. And this is the passage, right? He gets done there and he says, you know, houses are going to be divided. You know, I know this is true in Muslim nations. A young teenage girl becomes a Christian and her father disowns us. They'll go ahead and have a, a burial and a funeral and she's dead to me. You know, Jesus says, I've come to bring fire on earth. How I wish it were kindled, a boldness, a receptivity, uh, a salvation, but not everybody around you is going to receive it. And sometimes the fire, and many times in these passages, the fire of God separates one group from another. Those who have the fire and those who don't. And those who are separated by fire. So fire separates. And Jesus says, I want to bring a fire. I want to bring my, and he does. He brings the the Holy Ghost and the fire rests on their head. We'll see that in a little bit. So fire shows a connection between the Holy Spirit, prophecy, power, and we're talking about healing and miracles. And, you know, there's these verses about refining fire. 
So uh, yeah, this, this, the fire of God is such a, it's a mysterious thing, but it's a tangible thing. I remember one time I got, uh, I, I, I've always pre, you know, for the last 20 years or whatever, I've preached on the fire, talk about the fire, even though I don't feel like I understand it or can put my hands around it. But um, I remember one time I was with a friend and he'd heard me preach and teach on the fire and we got together and we we're going to go do something. And um, uh, for some reason, we were in, I think we we're in his truck and we decided to pray and I don't, you know, remember exactly what I was, how I was ministering or what was going on with my day that day. But I, I think I was a little lukewarm, maybe didn't have a real fresh fire. And he was one of our elders and he wasn't the pastor, but he began to pray for the fire. In fact, I think he only said the word fire once and boy, there was fire on it. There's a prophetic thing. Like when God's word comes and it comes with fire, and he prayed that and it lit me up and it wasn't a long, fancy prayer. He just prayed for the fire. And I think we got to pray for the fire. We got to, and Lord, I ask you right now for everybody listening, begin right now to kindle the flame, begin to bring that fire. The unashamed of the gospel of Jesus, divine appointments for evangelism, to lay your hands on the sick, to lay your hands on the hurting. God, bring us that fire. So um, anyway, uh, here in Revelation 1, it's a, it's a strange passage because John is marooned on the island of Patmos. Jesus is going to show up. Now this, Jesus has been, you know, he died and went up to heaven years ago, but he's going to come back and give the book of Revelation to, to John. And he's going to say some things here. Now, look what he says. Before we read, there was fire in his eyes. We're about to read that passage. If you will just go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, it says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patience and patient endurance that are ours, in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and testimony of Jesus. But he says in the suffering. Now, when you read scripture and you read about the fire, you see Peter also is, there's a connection with fire and suffering. And so we want to give some attention to this because a lot of the times when God shows up with his fire, his power, his presence, his prophecy, there is something hard going on. And, and John is about to see Jesus, resurrected Jesus, um, almighty Jesus. He's about to have a, an encounter with him and there's gonna be fire in his eyes, but John is suffering, okay? So I, I have to think there's a connection as we look at some of these things. First Peter 1, uh, 6 says this, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you've had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Uh, the church that Peter is writing to are being persecuted for their faith, verse seven. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. So our faith gets refined in the fire. Now, that's not always fun, right? But God brings stuff that forces us to pray at a different level, to fast at a different level, to, to really get into the presence and, and to ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit of fire. Because I, I remember just recently listening to uh, John, um, oh, sorry, not John Maxwell, um, 
Max Lucado, <laughs> Max Lucado was talking about praying in tongues and how, you know, that's really rare for us folks who are from a Christian church background like Max Lucado and myself. But Max Lucado was talking about praying in tongues and, and he, no one ever taught him really about that, not being from a, a Pentecostal background and, and talking about the fire and tongues and the supernatural. But he said eventually in ministry, he realized he had no power. He had no presence. It was just, it was just uh, like you know, doing a TED talk and having a few good. But when, when the fire came and when the presence came and, and tongues, tongues, there was tongues of fire that came to settle on them. And then what happened? They spoke in tongues. You know, when, when the fire comes, God gets a hold of your tongue. You may not pray in tongues or, or prophesy in other languages, but when the fire comes. The whole, and now think about this for a second. When the fire comes, it came in a cloven tongue. It says in Acts 2, we'll read it in a little bit. But when the fire comes and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your tongue, the Holy Spirit got a hold of Peter's tongue and he prophesied. And, and, and he was, Peter was able to say exactly what heaven was. He got on the frequency of heaven. When that fire came, cloven tongues was on them, but then also he spoke in tongues and then he preached a sermon. 3,000 people got saved. There was all this power and he was being refined, right? He was in the refiner's fire because his best friend, Jesus, had just died on the cross 40 days earlier. And Jesus had been in that same town. And so they were in the upper room kind of hiding. I mean, there, there was persecution was all around them. And then he's going to heal someone in Acts 3 and he's going to get arrested and he's going to get out and he's going to get in trouble again. And so there's persecution and suffering all around him, but there's this fire on him. <laughs> there's a fire on him. And, and they're, God has a hold of their tongue. And, and the thing is, it says in James chapter 3, verse 2, if a man can be in, in disciplined with his tr tongue, he has control over his whole, whole body. You know anybody has control has self-control issues and bad habits and sin issues? Well, gosh, guess what? If the Holy Spirit came on them and, and fire and cloven tongue and the Holy Spirit got a hold of their tongue, <laughs> it says in James 3, if the tongue is surrendered to the Lord, the whole body can be brought under check. So maybe this, this message has ramifications in so many ways. But it says here, if we go down to the rest of Revelation 1, 12, let's read this. Jesus, it says in 1 verse 12 here, I turn and John is gonna have this encounter around and I see the voice of who was speaking with me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet with a golden sash on his head, the hair of his head was white like, whoa, what does that sound like? Sounds like Daniel 7, river of fire. There's a river of fire flowing from the throne. Well, what's going on there? Persecution, Daniel is in a foreign land, just like John is not where he wants to be. And Daniel is a prophet and Daniel has power to interpret dreams. So where you see the fire, you see it here, this white hair thing comes up in Daniel 7. There's fire in Daniel 7. There's a prophetic guy with power to interpret dreams. So it's it's just, there's this connection, all this thread of fire, prophecy, power, and also persecution. I go, there, there's three P's there. I, I didn't, <laughs> power, persecution, and prophecy. I guess that's the three P's of the fire. Uh, his eyes were like blazing fire, it says there in verse 14. And then what's gonna happen is Jesus is gonna say, I know exactly what's going on in the church at uh, Ephesus, the church at Smyrna, the 
church at Laodicea. He's, I know it. And then he ends up by saying, I don't want you hot or, or, or lukewarm. I'd rather you be hot or cold. And so he talks about the fire as he ends up that little section in chapter three. So you see there's this connection of the fire. Now, Moses goes up uh, on the mountain, sees on Mount Sinai when he's 80 years old and he sees a fire. Now, Moses wasn't necessarily suffering, but he wasn't where he was supposed to be. He was in Midian. He needs to get to Egypt and set God's people free. And he's out there taking care of sheep. And there's a fire and God speaks to him. And there's a holiness. Now, here's another thing about the fire of God. When you find the real fire of God, there's a reverence. You know, there's a, there's a, and Moses has to take his feet off. And from the fire, God speaks to him his prophetic destiny. He, he prophesied, this is who you are. In the fire, Peter figures out who he really is. He, he's not a fisherman. You know, he, in John 21, Peter tries to go back to, Peter's not a fisherman. He tried to go back to fishing. No, that's not who you are. But when the fire came on him, he figured out who he was. <laughs> oh boy, we need the fire. We need it. We need it. And so he comes and, uh, and he gets this destiny in Exodus 3. But look, when Moses comes to get the Ten Commandments, the word of God, the word directly from God, what does it say? In Exodus 19, 18, he goes up on the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. And it says the people at the foot of the mountain are shaking in their boots because there, there's a fear, there's a reverence with the fire, especially when just fire appears in a bush, fire appears on the mountain. Well, here's another story about the fire. You go to Elijah, Elijah, uh, same kind of stuff. We have persecution. It literally says in 1 Kings 18 that um, Eli uh, Ahab and Jezebel are going and killing God's prophets. Okay, there we are, suffering. Uh, we got persecution. We got one of our P's. But then uh, we got the great prophet who is prophesying this is not right. So God is separating out who's with him, who's not. He's about to bring fire down on the altar that's been saturated in water. And, and God is going to do this. So it says in uh, 1 Kings 18, uh, verse 20. So Ahab sent word throughout Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Carmel. Elijah went before the Lord and said, how long will you waver? Or he went before these people. How long will you waver? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if it's Baal, follow him. So he's separating out who's really God's. The fire. So, so you want to be in a church, beloved, where there's fire, not entertainment. Okay. Listen, you go to a church that has smoke, smoke machines and all the fancy stuff and you go there for a few years and you, you can't figure out why you're stuck spiritually where you've always been stuck. You Don't go to a church that's dead. Don't go to a church that doesn't have the fire of the Holy Ghost. And don't be scared if someone starts praying in tongues because where the fire is, the Holy Spirit's going to get a hold of somebody's tongue and it's going to something's going to happen. And there's going to be healing. We have a miracle listed here Sunday from stage four cancer to stage zero cancer through the power of prayer. Why? Because we're God's power, his presence, his prophecy is where the fire is. And there has to be a reverence. And I'm gonna tell you something else. There's a love because what happens is this fire burns up the junk and wherever Jesus is, there is love. God is love. In him, there is, there's no other thing other than love. Like there is love. So, you know, there's no darkness. There's no hate in Jesus. Now what happens here, going back to uh, Elijah, 
you know the story. He calls down fire and fire comes and it this decides, okay, Elijah is right. Elijah is with God. These people are not, okay? Now, what about the New Testament? All right, here we go. Glad you asked about the New Testament. <laughs> Matthew 3, 11, Luke 3, 16, Jesus says this. Uh, actually, John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful. Okay, power, see there's one of our P's, power, persecution, prophecy, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus, now now notice again, though, we have this thing about separating out the real Christians from the fake Christians, that baptism of the Holy Spirit will do that. His winnowing fork is in your hand. He will clear his threshing floor, gather the wheat into the barns and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So what happens is the fire of God comes and we have to decide, are we with God or we're not? And if we go with God, we're gonna be persecuted. You go with God and you go with the fire. I mean, every one of these disciples uh, of Jesus was martyred except maybe John. And so you go with Jesus, you go with the fire. Don't expect it to be easy. Oh, but it's fun. <laughs> oh, but it's fun. Let me tell you a quick story. One, one morning I woke up, I had a fire on me and I could feel the fire and I, I, was, I was praying for divine appointments and words of knowledge. And we went into cold stone to get ice cream. This was actually, it was like um, early in the afternoon. Uh, and I had two, at least two of the kids with me because they were homeschooled or it was summer or something. And we walk in, there's one teenage girl working in there. And I thought, oh, I felt the fire of the Holy Ghost. Ooh. And um, it's funny because we were in cold stone. And you know, sometimes there's a cold atmosphere. There's no power. There's no prophetic word. What's God really saying? And, and people are concerned about being persecuted and what people think about it. And so I go in there and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, she's Catholic. And so uh, the, the girl, there's one kid working at Cold Stone Ice Cream in Cedar Rapids. And so the kid, my show be engaged were sitting over at a table. They couldn't really hear this, but they told me what they wanted. I was ordering. When I was ordering, I said to this young girl, I said, you're Catholic, aren't you? And she's like, yes. Now I don't, I wish, I wish the Holy Spirit came with fire and, and I need to press into it because of the, but he, okay, so prophecy happened. The Holy Spirit told me, I mean, he didn't just tell me he, she was a Christian. He told me she was a Catholic. And so when I said that, boy, you could tell she was looking like, okay, God, and you could feel an atmosphere of the fire. You could feel like God's up to something. And then God gave me a word of protection for her and a word of destiny. I, I actually spoke to her and I said, you know, I feel like the Lord says, if you will give him this, he has this destiny for you. And it, it was kind of general, but specific enough. And boy, you should have seen the eyes on this girl. Like she didn't have to tell me that, yeah, that's right. I mean, you could tell like, and it was a little, it was a little scary. Like she, she had the fear of the Lord. Like, who is this guy? How does he know this stuff about? And it was so Jesus, it was Jesus. And I wish I had a story every day of my life like that, but I don't, I have a few but I'm telling you, when the fire comes, there's prophecy, there's power, there, there's gonna be persecution because you're gonna have to decide. But in that prophecy to her, 
in Cold Stone. The fire came to her in Cold Stone Creamery. But I'm going to tell you, she was a teenage girl trying to figure out, do I go with this crowd or I go with this crowd? Do I go with Jesus or I go with the friends who are doing things they shouldn't be doing? That was really what the prophetic word was for her. And, you know, it was, it was such a neat thing. So we ate our ice cream and left, and she probably thought that is the weirdest guy I've ever met in my life. But now look what happens when Jesus talks about this, the prophecy and the power. But he says in Acts chapter, and so he's said, John the Baptist said in Luke 3.16, not John 3.16, Luke 3.16, and also Matthew 3.11, he said the same thing. But he said these things. But now in if you go to Acts chapter one, verse five, he tells them, he tells the disciples, I need you to wait. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. And then what happens? Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit falls. Let's just read. We got to read Acts chapter two. Gosh, it would be a shame to do all this talking about Pentecostal fire uh, without actually talk, reading the main passage where, where the fire falls. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Got me all fired up. Wow. Got me all fired up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom. I proclaim to you the testimony about God. And he says, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what? That That is actually a good word, too. I, I didn't go back far enough. That was that was 1 Corinthians 2. Let me do this. Acts chapter 2. Man, I, there, there was something in that too, right there. There was something good there. I come to you with power. I come to you with the Holy Spirit. Actually, well, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to go back to that. Okay, let's read this one. Then we're going right back to that mistake I just made. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled with the whole house where they were sitting. And what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated came to rest on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did this fire do? It, it affected their tongue. It affected their confidence and it brought power. Now, it says, and they began to speak and as the Spirit enabled them. Now, notice, I, I made this little mistake. I popped over here in 1 Corinthians 2. Go to 1 Corinthians 2 for a minute. And, and this is where Paul, this wasn't in my notes here. It was just kind of a little accident. But Paul is telling people that don't get caught up. And I was mentioning about these mega churches and their fancy, their, all their fancy stuff and their uh, entertainment and their attraction evangelism and, you know, being a part of what's cool, being a part of what's fancy and new. Well, that's what was going on here. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 2, hey guys, brothers, sisters, when I came to you, it wasn't with eloquence or human wisdom. All right, because that the fire isn't necessarily eloquent. The fire of God isn't necessarily with human wisdom. Verse, uh, verse, uh, the rest of verse one here. As I proclaim to you the testimony about God, for that's the prophetic. Okay, the prophetic and the power and the fire is all connected here. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. But see, God gave him boldness to even though he didn't feel bold, God gave it to him to see, uh, write these letters and to speak these words. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, watch this, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Why? Because he had the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? And so he says it wasn't eloquent, it wasn't pretty. I didn't need any of that. 
you know, some people think, well, I got to go and you got to get this degree. And maybe God wants you to do that. I got to go and I got to get this certificate. And maybe God wants you to do that. But I'm telling you, these guys who changed the world, these world changers, they didn't have any of that. They had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they were witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and all the ends of the earth. Now, look what happens. What happens? We want to wrap this up quick. Acts. Well, uh, uh, let's see how. Yeah, we got time. We got time. In Acts 4, when they go out preaching and teaching, uh, they get in trouble. They get persecuted. And so what do they do? They don't specifically ask for more of the fire, but they ask for bold preaching of the gospel accompanied by signs and wonders. So they, they get out of jail. They get together to have a prayer meeting because they're kind of shaken. They've been, they've been arrested. You know, the first time you get arrested for preaching the gospel, it, it probably shakes you up a little bit. But they get together with some of the apostles and the church begins to pray. And it says on their release, this is Acts 4, 23, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God, sovereign Lord. You've made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, David. And then jump over here. And it says in verse 30, God, or verse 29, Lord, consider their threats. There's persecution. Enable them to speak uh, with boldness. There's the power. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders. Power. And, and, and But to preach with boldness, that's prophecy. Verse 30. Is power, your you know, in the name of your holy uh, servant Jesus. And then look what happens after they prayed. The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So God's presence comes. The fear of the Lord is there. Now look at Acts ten when Peter is preaching to, at Cornelius' house. He says a very interesting thing. So the fire isn't just the Holy Spirit; it's the Holy Spirit and the power and the prophecy. Watch how Jesus is represented here by Peter. Peter is preaching at Cornelius' house. He says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, and how he went around doing good. Is that what it says? No, if you're reading along, I intentionally skipped something. Notice what he says here, Acts 10, 38. When Jesus was out doing his work in Nazareth, God came with the Holy Spirit and power, dudamus. And how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So when the fire comes, we have to see there's, there's power, there's prophecy with this. And, and there's love. And because these guys, you know, of course, Paul's going to say, if you, you preach and you have all these great messages, but you don't have love, you're a zoning gong and clinging symbol. Jesus shows up. He's got fire in his eye. And he loves these seven churches in, in Revelation 2 and 3. He loves them, but he also calls them out on their stuff. But there's real love. All right. So I actually feel like God's already activated a few of you with the fire. And you could probably feel it and, and sense it. And some of you are going to see somebody today and you're going to say, God bless you. You're gonna, you've never said that to anybody, some random stranger. Some of you might see somebody today say, are you doing okay? I just feel like maybe I'm supposed to pray for you. Could I pray for you? And, and God is going to open some doors for you for personal evangelism. So don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. You know, and remember, statistically speaking, most people say that they will receive 
receive prayer. Even people who don't necessarily believe in our God will receive prayer. So have some confidence out there when you're having that, that fire of God on you. I'm gonna pray for the fire of God. Then we're gonna ask that this Thanksgiving season, when you're around family and friends, that you won't get offended, you won't get wrapped up into politics or, or the wars or anything going on. And maybe you're gonna be around people who are very different than you. That's okay, because you got the fire of the Holy Ghost and we have a mission to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and all the furthermost parts of the world with the fire. Let the tongue of fire come on you and let the Holy Ghost have your tongue. Jesus, we ask right now and the power and the name of Jesus that uh, even as in Acts chapter 12, they got arrested. They were arrested, but that didn't stop the fire. That didn't stop the fire. Nothing stops the fire. Fire never sleeps. <laughs> the Jesus culture song says, fire never sleeps. <laughs> And so, Lord, I just ask for everyone listening that you baptize them afresh with your Holy Spirit and fire. They would receive you deeper and stronger. You would, you would burn up our fleshly desires. You would burn up offense. You would burn up everything that's not of you. So we have this clear prophetic power in, in of the Lord and that there's healing and miracles flow and that we're not scared to be persecuted. So Lord, we just ask this Thanksgiving season for more of you, open doors, divine appointments, word of knowledge. Lord, we get apathetic. Lord, we get, forgive us. Please forgive us for being apathetic, for being lethargic. Forgive us. Give us more of your fire. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, have an awesome week, beloved. I want to be on the frequency of heaven. I want